This sucks. Let's drink everything. This team loves to win ugly. Winning ugly gets you to this point. Takes the snap on third down. Rodgers waits, throws, right side, got a man wide open. Touchdown, and it's Robert Tanyan again. Aaron Rodgers with his fourth touchdown of the game. It's going to be a good week for the Green Bay Packers. Getting a chance to move on. One more to go. We'll talk to you next week. No, we won't, Wayne, you lying bastard. Welcome to the illusion of complexity, everybody. I'm your host. I'm Jacob Westendorf. There's no Santa. There's no God. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. Everything sucks. Everything hates you. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl because Tom Brady is the luckiest motherfucker in the history of the world. He must have naked pictures of God somewhere or something. I'm not sure how he's able to throw three interceptions in an NFC championship game and still win. It's like that scene from Big Daddy where you throw your cards down on the table and Rob Schneider's character goes, this is bullshit. Every time different cards, he still wins. He's got to learn how to lose too. Well, apparently Tom Brady doesn't have to learn how to lose too. And the Tampa Bay Bucks are on to the Super Bowl. And there is no such thing as karma because Antonio Brown gets to play in the Super Bowl. He gets to play in the Super Bowl. And so does snake oil salesman Tom Brady. I'm your host. I'm in a real chipper mood. I'm Jacob Bustendorf. I'm joined by Cy, better known as Zach Jacobson. Zach, are you feeling any better than I am? I want to put my fucking head through the wall. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, that was really, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, so Zach is also contemplating ramming his head through drywall, which is understandable. Uh, Aaron, would you like to do what you normally do, which is bring some grace and maybe some class to this show? Santa Claus isn't real. Sorry to any children that are listening to the show, but it's true. Santa Claus is not real. That's where my heart is right now. I just. Wow. Well, as Kevin, my quote is from the league where Kevin MacArthur tells Ellie, his daughter, there's no Santa. There's no God. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. And then he yells fuck like three times. That's the energy I'm exuding. Correct. And it's about the energy I've had since Sunday afternoon around 5.30 p.m. Central Time. Let's get into it. This is the season finale of The Illusion of Complexity. We were hoping to do a couple more episodes, but uh, the Packers, as they seem to, had other ideas and lose in yet another NFC Championship game. So let's get started, guys. And the big storyline coming out of the championship game is Aaron Rodgers is getting traded. And does not want to be on the Packers anymore. Hates playing for the Packers and really always has. Thinks the organization is dog shit and is ready to wash his hands of the team and get rid of them. And uh, Aaron, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Let's start there. I am already so sick of the off season. <laughs> like when the hell does training camp start? I am so over this. Um, he literally said two words myself included. That's what he said. And it sent Twitter into a shit storm um, because they talked to a man 20 minutes after losing a devastating game. And as we found out later, he had just been crying in the locker room with his teammates and someone asked him to reflect on his future. And <laughs> he just got kind of philosophical, kind of, kind of deep, you know, 
talking about life in general and saying, you know, my no one's future is guaranteed kind of a thing. And now all of a sudden that means he's demanding a trade um, and that he hates everybody, including puppies. Puppies, babies, his mm -hmm. teammates, right. everything of that sort. Um, Zach, what are your, I, I'm pretty sure he like pissed on a crucifix or something like that after the game too. But yeah, I think I heard that somewhere, probably from pro football talk. Zach, what are your <laughs> thoughts? Well, I mean, I've seen Aaron Rodgers get traded to maybe the Colts, the 49ers. I've seen Matt LaFleur get fired. I've seen about 30 different types of scenarios pertaining to those two things happen uh, since since really Sunday night. So within the last few days, the Packers pretty much have crumbled as an organization. They've imploded. They don't have a quarterback going in the next year. They no longer have a head coach, and that's 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 pretty much the state of the organization right now. But Unfortunate. It was a good run for two seasons. Right. Yeah. You know, so uh, Godspeed, Aaron Rodgers, wherever he goes. But realistically, everything Aaron Rodgers said, like, you know, like Aaron mentioned, they're coming off an emotional loss, which they expected to win, uh, expected to win. The cards were in their favor. Everything was laid out in front of them. They couldn't get the job done. Aaron Rodgers knew it was probably going to be his best chance to win uh, or to get back to a Super Bowl for the foreseeable future who you know who knows what's going to happen the the, the the stance the foundations of the, of the league and everything they all change on a dime just in a heartbeat so who knows but he was in an emotional spot and aaron Rodgers has said different versions of that quote throughout the entire year he's been the same philosophical type of 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 guy saying those types of things literally all year so this is no different than what we've seen it's just in that state coming off of a loss everybody's just seeing that and they're just taking whatever they can and they're running with it and it's the media just hypothesizing you know whatever they want they're using to their advantage that's that's really what what it is that's what we're seeing yeah, and it's right, unfortunate. And I, go, ahead. go ahead well i was just gonna say like especially based off of what we know about Rogers is he's gotten very spiritual the last few years. Like if you kind of listen to him talk, he talks about kind of his inner self and, you know, just his mindset. And to me, all that sounded like was he's just being like how he's been. Whereas I'm like, no future is guaranteed for all we know. He could have been like, you know, who knows, maybe I will get abducted by aliens. My theory on it is that he does not want to commit to saying it and then have, and then be wrong. Um, you see things like Kevin Durant, who has said, I'm staying in Oklahoma City, and he didn't, and that people still bring it up. And I don't think he wants to say it and then get like on old takes exposed and be like, oh, ha, 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 you know, and everybody kind of pointed out and then him kind of feel like he was let down or disappointed or wrong. I think he just was like, in general, life is not guaranteed. That was how I took it, that he doesn't want to commit to anything because you don't know he could get hit by a bus tomorrow and, you know, not know who he is. So he can't, you know, who the hell knows? Just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Well, here's the thing in a normal world, which we don't live in in a normal world, Mark Murphy saying, we're not idiots. He's not coming or he's not going to not be here. And Aaron Rodgers saying, I didn't say anything I haven't already said before would be the end of it. Matt LaFleur saying, hell yeah, he better be back here would end it. Unfortunately, shock jocks and morons and 24 hour news cycles exist. 
And Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded to all 31 other teams by the end of this <laughs> offseason. That's just how it's going to go. So strap in, buckle up, and get everything put together because that's just how it's going to be. But the Packers, we don't know what the salary cap is going to look like. It may not drop as much, according to Bill Huber uh, of Sports Illustrated. It remains to be seen on that, but the Packers are not dropping a $31 million salary cap bomb on their cap to prove a point and say, up, oh, Jordan loves ready. Let's rebuild. We've already hit our, you know, we've hit our ceiling with this team because there's no way that you can logically look at this team and say, that was the end. That's the highest this team could ever achieve. They were five points away, six points away from going to a Super Bowl, and they didn't. And that's, that's where it stands now. And we're going to have to live with that all off season. And as I think Aaron, you made a good point is, the analogy I once made was in the dark night. Harvey Dent says, we're asking people to be decent in an indecent time. While at the end of that game, we're asking Aaron Rodgers to be logical in an illogical time. Logic goes out the window. He was with his teammates, and these guys know when the season ends, that same group will not be together again, ever. And that might mean you know things like Aaron Jones is gone, Corey Lindsay's gone, Preston Smith, whoever. But... Aaron Rodgers also isn't stupid. And I think he knows the deal. He just mentioned the fact that, yeah, his future is not in his control. And maybe the Packers do decide that, but they're not going to. I feel very, very confident in saying when Green Bay lines up for their first training camp practice in late July, number 12 is going to be under center. Jordan Love will be a backup. And this will all seem stupid. And you'll hear the same crap about how Aaron Rodgers hates the Packers and all this other nonsense a year from now, unless they win a Super Bowl. And honestly, you may even hear it if they win a Super Bowl. You'll hear something along the lines of, well, 12 won a second Super Bowl in Green Bay. Does he want to try his hand somewhere else like Tom Brady did? Something like that. So it's the unfortunate reality we live in. You were, uh, What was that thing you said before the show? You were, you were so sure that Aaron Rodgers would be the quarterback next year that you would you would do what? Oh, yeah. If he's not the, <laughs> if he's not the quarterback in Green Bay next season, I will wear the same pair of underwear for a week straight cook it and eat it at the conclusion of that week. It's fucking disgusting. Just so, just so everybody's clear, he already wears the same pair of underwear for, for a week straight. So he's just going the extra mile for, for everybody. We just get, we got to get this on, uh, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. on video right now. I made, I made a bet with a Buccaneers fan that if the Packers lost, I'd have to drink a whole jar of pickle juice, but little does he know I love pickle juice. Pickle juice is so good. Well, yeah. he knows now. Yeah, he's not going to listen to this. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's probably a good point. <laughs> don't, now my question to you we is, only is have he, like one fan and it's your mom jacob that's true is he a bucks fan or is he a brady fan he's a buccaneers fan actually oh, even kudos, before, because before, yeah before brady got there and actually in the video that he sent me on twitter the other day he was wearing the buccaneers jersey from the last few years where it was like the digital the digital alarm clock numbers that were just um, like shit yeah so he's he's a real one well kudos to him because in the stadium from what I noticed, there were more Patriots Brady jerseys than Bucks jerseys in the stands, and that was ridiculous. Disgusting. Brady fans are a cult. Brady fans suck, and that's all I have to say. How did they even get tickets? They had to give an allotment to Tampa Bay fans. Like when they started selling tickets, they did have to give a small amount to Tampa Bay. So that's, that's gross. Yeah, it sucked. It was it was great. It was a great atmosphere to be part of. You know, watching the road team win the championship game and everything. It was awesome. One of the greatest experiences of my life. 
All, not all, part thanks due to Kevin King. And I don't want to pile on one guy, obviously, because I've, you know, one guy isn't the reason they lost or anything like that, but he's the one who's going to receive the majority of the blame. And he had one of the worst performances I can remember in a championship. And this goes to Ladarius Gunter, the Packers run defense from last year, uh, Brandon Bostic, that group, Brett Favre in 2000, you know, whatever. That group Kevin King is now in, and it's unfortunate because for years we've done the whole, well, they could have drafted TJ Watt. Well, on Sunday, Kevin King took gasoline and napalm and spread that all over the fire that is they should have drafted TJ Watt instead. And I mean, here's the thing, as annoyed as I am with those takes, they're right. Hindsight obviously is 2020, but they're right. Green Bay should have drafted TJ Watt. He's a better player than Kevin King by leaps and bounds. Kevin King is a below average starter and he'll get a chance to play somewhere else, but it's not going to be in Green Bay. The Packers cornerback room, if you look at it for next season, is in shambles. Josh Jackson, healthy scratch, may not be on the team. Kadar Hallman, probably on the team, but how much can you really trust him? Behind him, it's undrafted rookies and practice squad fodder. Thank God they have Jair Alexander, who is, I also want to congratulate the two newest members of Game On Wisconsin. Obviously, Aaron (laughs) is having twins based on the two interceptions that took place on Sunday afternoon. Right. But thank God for Jair, because otherwise this cornerback room would be in just as bad a shape as they were following the Atlanta disaster in 2016. Thankfully, they're not because 23 exists. But Zach, let me start with you. How bad, like I just mentioned some really great company to be in. Where does this rank in terms of his performance? You mean like all like Packers playoff history? Pack championship specifically history. Because obviously like the worst game I've ever seen a player have is when Brett Favre threw six interceptions in a playoff game. Against the Rams, right. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad i wouldn't put kevin king's up there but i mean this is pretty bad and this also it may be recency bias talking because we're, we're three days out at the time of this recording but you know i mean i think brett Favre's interception against the giants maybe not like performance wise but i mean that interception against the giants as far as like you know like moments go and just like considering the magnitude of the situation and how it was his last snap you know with the packers i mean that's got to be up there too um I mean, there's there's multiple far moments, uh, unfortunately, that that we just talked about. But I mean, you, I mean, it, it yeah, it, it's def- it's definitely up there. But I would say the Packers' defense, collectively as a whole, maybe not. You know, there's nothing individually I can point to, but collectively as a whole, that game in Seattle. I mean, that was just a complete meltdown. Despite how many interceptions they were able to come away with, I mean. Regardless, there were multiple things you could point to in that game where everything just kind of like, you know, spontaneously combusted and they ended up losing, which I, you know, I'm not real gonna... great memories coming here. Thanks, Zach. You asked the question, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, you you did. You said in NFC Championship game moments, you specifically yeah, said you basically list all does, of these horrible gut wrenching moments. This is not bring it up. Hey, Zach, let's let's bring up all these past NFC championship. Uh, NFC Championship game moments where the Packers fell short because of one specific player just completely yeah. shit. 
Yeah. Would you like us to list all your ex-girlfriends, all your heartbreaks? Will that make you feel better? I mean, that's essentially no, what you're I asking do, us. I do a podcast with the biggest heartbreak I've ever had, Aaron. So thank you <laughs> for reminding up. me of that on a weekly <laughs> basis. Please, please I, I have a name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well played. <laughs> but no, Kevin, I mean, Kevin King, especially that's probably his last game as a Packer. It fucking better be. And I'm not like the overreaction type or anything like that, but you have to force yourself to get better at that position. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I feel like right now, like going into the off season, going into like draft season, offensive tackle and cornerback, those are the top two positions I think are the biggest needs on this team right now. No, they're really, they're really they're so, now careful. Aaron's going to tell you they have to cater everything to Aaron Rodgers, So they need to draft four <laughs> wide receivers. Right. And I would tell you that you're wrong, Aaron. It's okay. I, I don't actually feel that way. Oh, okay. I agree. Corner is definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of that is going to be because Kevin King's walking out the door, and even right. if he and was, even if they were keeping him, it would still be a significant, significant need. Right, and it's not just King. Like Shannon Sullivan is a restricted oh, yeah, were, free agent as well, and and they were he, also picking on him pretty early, like in the bucks. And, uh, and he's probably better suited. I think it was shown this season he's better suited as a dime back. And I, I think Shannon was okay. He's one of those players that is. You're okay if he's a starter, but you can probably upgrade from him. But right, but yeah, the number one you need that's that you need a Kevin King's replacement. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And like the thing with Kevin King is just what I mean, he's been really good. And then this season he just has not been able to put it together. I know he was injured a lot, but like it, it seems mental. Um, him mistiming that jump that he could have, you know, picked off Brady you know I mean he I mean last, a year ago he was leading the team in interceptions and now he he has for like can't figure out how to tackle he is just not all there I it's really a bummer and want to address the TJ Watt situation yes that may be the correct take but nobody has the energy for any other bad take except um or draft pick except for him and that is what drives me crazy is that it's like, okay, where was the energy? Where's been the energy for any of our other bad picks? Like, let it go. Like it's been four years. Move on from that. It does not matter anymore. All you're doing is it's like, everybody is so excited to see Kevin King fail so that they can say, yep, see, we were right because we should have picked TJ Watt because everybody wants him because he's from Wisconsin. Like that is my, that is what I hate so much about it. That's why I've always been a, huge fan of Kevin King because I wanted him to prove those people wrong. And unfortunately he did not do it on the biggest stage of his career. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, when he plays for the New York jets next season, we'll be worrying about something or wherever it is he ends up, but it's, it's not going to be here. And, and it, probably will, it will be the New York jets and it will be King that gives up a hail Mary at the end of the game. Like it's okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback though. So they'll be reunited. It's true. That's true. So Aaron Rodgers just got traded to the New York Jets, breaking news from the illusion of complexity. Thank you, Aaron, for breaking that with your sources. Let's move to the hard-hitting, heavy-hitting analysis of this show, guys. And I do want to ask, Zach, you brought up the worst day of my life, almost. The 2014 NFC Championship game against Seattle and the 2021 NFC Championship game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
my question to the two of you is which one was worse and viewer discretion is advised for this segment. Uh, I ask all of you, if you have bleach to grab it and put a straw in it. So Zach, I'll start with you. Which one was worse? Well, when I start to answer this, are you going to yell at me again? <laughs> no, this is my idea. It was your, actually, this is my idea. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I came up with this segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I came to a decision, you know, for the first 20 minutes of the show, because at the beginning I was kind of undecided, but for the last 20 minutes I've been thinking about it in the back of my mind. I'm going to go with the game in Seattle just because, I mean, they had that game won. They had it won. And it just, it seemed like that was, that was like that, that was, that was the run. You know, they they beat the Cowboys the week before. They come into Seattle. The defense just playing with so much energy. And even though they, they weren't able to, to score in all those goal line situations, they kept settling for field goals. And, you know, they it, it seemed like they were just going to finally knock off this, this team who had won the Super Bowl the year prior and had just stomped the absolute shit out of them in the season opener. They were going to come back into Seattle, avenge those demons, and just... You know, finally go to the Super. We're finally going to get that that Patriots Packers Super Bowl that people have been pounding the table for for so long, and it took just the craziest shit in the world for it not to happen. Like Russell Wilson scrambling into Tim Buck two and throwing that two point conversion ball up that that just that hail Mary of a freaking throw at, at the goal line that Ha Clinton Dick somehow mistimed in the air. I still don't understand that. Like that's still that's called the Kevin King. (laughs) It looked like it. I mean, the similarities between these two games, like that we saw on Sunday in that game, like they're it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like it's like this team just doesn't deserve to go back to the Super Bowl. Like some fate, some other power is like working against them. It's like really right. Have you seen the stats that it's like the only time that like anybody's (laughs) picked off a team or one quarterback has thrown three interceptions in a game and still won. Yes, in the NFC Championship game, has only been Seattle and the Bucks. I, yep. my heart, my heart. <laughs> but the, these two, it wasn't an, e- an easy decision for me. Like they're close. I mean, the Packers had three interceptions from Tom Brady, pretty much gift wrapped right in front of them. They clawed back from twenty eight ten, which I want to say, early in the third quarter, they were tra- they were trailing twenty eight ten earlier this season against the Buccaneers. And again on Sunday, early in the third quarter, quarter they were trailing twenty eight ten. So it's like against this team, they just can't get. I don't know. And it took it took Tom Brady just laying a complete fucking egg for them to finally scratch and claw their way back into this game. And once they finally got there, they were right on the doorstep of being able to do it. They passed the ball six consecutive times, completely stray away from what has gotten them there. And it's like they just completely shot themselves in the foot. So, you know, that's that's on top of, of numerous other things that I can get into. But, yeah, I'm going with Seattle. And speaking of shooting themselves in the foot, you can check out Zach's only fan page, and we'll get you the link at the end of this show. Aaron, what is your choice between these two horribly offensive days? Um, definitely Seattle. Uh, because, I mean, I kind of gave Zach all of those points pre-show about – how they like you felt like they were gonna win. They were in complete control of the game from the start. And you're like, oh, they got this. They just need to keep playing like they're playing. 
And so you had so much hope. Like I remember being at a Packers bar and at the two minute warning, someone came on the microphone and said, we're going to the Super Bowl. And then <laughs> like, nope. it went to complete shit. So like you, we were talking about up until the two minute warning, we were convinced we are going to the Super Bowl. It did not feel like that the entire game this past Sunday, because it felt very early on, we're losing this game where there's no way that we can come back. And while it was exciting for the comeback, there was still a part of you that was like, well, the chances of us coming back were pretty slim to none. Being down 18 points is hard to claw back from. And I just think that the devastation of losing it, having it in your hands and then losing it in two minutes, it's just devastating. (laughs) Absolutely devastating. And I mean, this one, you think about the circumstances and you think about the season, it was a special locker room and, you know, Rogers potential last stand and it being Brady. But I still think talking about the game and the devastation, it was Seattle. Seattle was one of the worst days of my life. Admittedly, there may be some bias creeping through when I talk about this, but I was in the stadium. I had to watch that happen. And it's Tampa Bay to me because going into Seattle, I felt like the teams were equal, but Green Bay was playing in a house of horrors and a place nobody ever wins. This time around, I felt the house of horrors was Lambeau Field and that you don't win here and you're not coming in here and taking the NFC championship game in our house. And Aaron, you're right at halftime after the hail Mary to Scotty Miller, I thought the game was over. I said it right then like this, the final score. And I give team, I give the team credit because in the Matt LaFleur era, when they lose, they lose when it was 21, 10 at halftime. And then it got to 28 to 10. I'm like, okay, 45, 17, this will be embarrassing, but I'll be able to get over it pretty quickly. They didn't do that. They had a chance to win the game and they didn't. And watching Tampa Bay celebrate at the end of the game after what Chris Godwin picks up the first down on a little toss play that they ran to him. I was standing on Tampa Bay sideline in the concourse and I watched their sideline explode. Now, granted, if Godwin doesn't pick up the first down, you're asking Green Bay to return a punt for a touchdown, essentially, to win that game. Part of me died then. And it's it's a level of pain I have not experienced. I thought for sure this was the team that wasn't only going to go to but win the Super Bowl. And now, and I know this sounds dramatic, but I don't know that I can ever pick them to win an NFC championship game until I see them actually do it. And I know that next year's team will have nothing to do with this year's team. I know all that stuff. So you guys will probably play this clip back at me when I pick them to win the NFC championship game next year, but I just don't know if I can do it. Everything played in their favor and they still shit their pants. They were the better team Mm -hmm. and they didn't play like it. They won the turnover battle. They started minus two in the turnover battle and they still won it. They could have picked off Brady four times, five, five, five if you include King's play, but four that hit them in the hands. That's rough. The Brady cult that follows. I cannot stand Tom Brady's fan base. 
And the I had somebody say to me today, man, Brady, you know, when he throws three interceptions, he just overcomes. And I looked at him, I said, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Tom Brady's defense carries him to the Super Bowl, essentially. Tom Brady kept the Packers in that game. Like, the reason that was a game right. in the second half is because Brady played like shit. And he still wins. See, that's the yeah. argument, though, is that it still felt like the Packers were not playing good enough if... Because if Tom Brady just plays a normal game, average, doesn't need to be a superstar, the Packers don't even come back. So it felt like, it still felt like we were not playing the best football throughout that but entire they did. game. But they At did. No and they're the better team. I still think Green Bay is the better team. And oh, I agree. I am just saying that they did not play like it. So it didn't at any no. point feel like we're playing better than Tampa Bay. No, and I get it. And I'll probably go back and forth on this 15 more times. But being in the right. stadium, the only thing right. I'm thankful for from that day is at the end of the game when they said you don't need to watch the trophy presentation. You can go to the you can go to the tunnel, hand them your card and leave. And I was able to go. So I didn't have to watch that. And I'm thankful I didn't do the Stefan Diggs thing where I wanted to watch and feel how painful that was because I don't want to feel that. I don't need to feel that. I know what this feels like. Unfortunately it's something we're getting a lot of good practice with. And that's where we're at right now. But to me, yeah, it's it's this game. It was the ultimate chance to exercise every single demon and shove everything in everyone's face, and they didn't do it. Whereas when they lost that Seattle game, it was like, yeah, that's embarrassing that they blew it, but you felt like they would have a chance to be back. And now I still feel like they'll have every opportunity to do that next season. Obviously, the offseason is unfortunately only three days old, but there was some sense of finality on Sunday that this team will not be together again. And can they recapture that magic moment? Can they recapture that ability to play another NFC title game where they're the best team or at home or something like that? And they didn't. And now we get to watch the Super Bowl theoretically in two weeks and watch Tampa Bay and Kansas city battle out in a game. I feel like that the Packers should be playing in and they're not. And, and that sucks. So that's all I have to say about that guys. That blows. Um, let's, let's go to our other. F- this I is somehow I'm feel worse now that we've talked about both those games in depth. Thank you, Zach. That was your idea. <laughs> Appreciate it. At least I could do. <laughs> Mary have relations with murder. We're doing obscure Packers running backs this week because frankly, we couldn't come up with anything better. Sam Congato, Najee Davenport, and James Starks. So I will start because I always save myself for last and give you guys a chance to like pick up everything. And then I just kind of like play devil's advocate at the end. So I'm going to give somebody else a chance to do that this week. <laughs> I am going to, Oh boy, this is tougher than I thought. I'm going to marry James Starks because I think every, I think that makes sense. Last championship running back they had, and he was awesome in that playoff run, had some really nice moments. Uh, and had a really nice little career in Green Bay, to be honest with you. He was always a nice complimentary back in Green Bay during his time here. So he did some good stuff while he was here. I am going to have relations with Najee Davenport because that story of him getting caught in the closet, defecating in a female <laughs> clothes basket is hilarious. <laughs> Like the fact that people still call him Dookie Davenport. <laughs> I'm also nine years old is related to this story. 
that's hilarious to me and it never won't be. So I'm going to do that. And it's unfortunate because Sam Gatto certainly deserves better than this fate, but I'm going to kill him. He was like the only, and I'm going to use this as justification. He is, he was a nice bright spot during a four and 12 season. And I don't ever want to remember being four and 12 ever again. And the worst season I ever saw Brett Favre have was that four and 12 season where he threw like 37 interceptions or something stupid like that. And Gatto was great for that little stretch. And then he got cut the following spring. And I remember looking at that being like, why did they cut him? He was awesome. And then it was just like, oh, he wasn't very good. Kudos to him. He's made a life for himself. He's a doctor now. I give him all the respect in the world, but I am. It's more so that I'm killing the four and 12 season than I am Sam Congato. So Aaron, I'll let you go second. <laughs> it's funny. I actually have like the complete opposite of you, which is kind of surprising because I feel like we were going to have some overlap. I'm going to marry Sam Congato because it's like every girl's dream to marry a doctor. Right. So we're going to marry the doctor. Um, but medical school. <laughs> Got it. So I'll talk to you in seven years. Sounds good. <laughs> a lot of people go to college for seven years <laughs> yeah they're, <laughs> they're called, called doc doctors, doctors. <laughs> um yeah but just because I, I i love and it's that was just a joke obviously about marrying a doctor but i just think that you know it's mm-hmm. a good thing that he's doing he's helping with covid and um you know you just like to see that that success story especially after a short career and um you know see see them because a lot of players you heard go broke and have a lot of issues. Uh, and yeah, so it's just really good to see him contributing to society in a really positive way. I'm going to marry James, or I'm sorry, I'm marry Sam Congato. I'm going to um, fuck James Starks because I think of one hit wonder. I think of the Super Bowl run. Uh, so, and that was magical. So I feel like he was magical in that time. So I feel like that would be a magic night in bed um and that just leaves Najee Davenport and there is a <laughs> it's funny Jacob you and I have the same reason for kill versus, <laughs> versus fuck so um what he said <laughs> Zachary I'm gonna marry Sam Congato because wait no actually that's not my choice I'm gonna what was my choice oh my god I don't know. They're I just choices. convinced you to marry Sam Congato. I don't know. He, what he got he do. got that doctor thing in his head. He's like, I want to marry a doctor. I will say though, the whole reason that I I came up with this particular topic was because of that story you told about Todd before before the show. So I thought about <laughs> I thought about Najee Davenport, you know, taking a dump in the clothes right. hamper. <laughs> um, Please tell me you're gonna marry him. I don't know. I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm killing James Starks. That's my choice to kill because he blocked me on Twitter on my original account for no reason. I have no idea why. I just remember I went to his account one day and I was blocked. I, I literally have no idea why to this day. Uh, so he's my kill choice. I'll go and I'll go backwards. I will, I will fuck. I will fuck Sam Congato. Just you know, for the whole the whole one night stand aspect thing of it, he was one hit wonder for that 2005 season. And like Jacob said, Brett Favre threw a shit ton of interceptions. It was 29, I believe. Uh, really, he was like the only bright spot of that season that I really remember. I mean, I was like 10 years old at the time, so not to brag, but or anything. I, I see you making that face, so you don't, you know. Just shut up. Shut up. 
Um, yeah, you know, and he was he was a uh, I think he was he was a cool little thing about that season that I remember four and twelve. But uh, and I am gonna marry <laughs> Najee Davenport. <laughs> Look, I I know he was the. What are you doing, Jacob? Trying to distract you. Was it working? <laughs> it obviously is because I just completely derailed my thought. You're marrying Najee Davenport. I would like to know why. Well, he's the last option option left. It's like I'm I'm marrying him like kind of like out of wedlock or something. No, but that would be it's okay. Like, it's, it's you're okay. quite literally like in wedlock if you're marrying him. Oh wait. We are you talking like a shotgun wedding? Sure that. <laughs> where like the it's like you get a woman pregnant and the the dad has a shotgun at the wedding so the guy doesn't run off. Yeah, something like that. Um, but it's okay. We won't judge your fetishes, okay? No, it's no judgment zone here. Right. We I'm just talked crazy. about your OnlyFans page, so go on. I love that we all picked a different one. Subscribe to, by the way. They're completely different. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, see, that's good. It shows you was a good. Yeah. Good. Look, when I think about those mid two thousands Packers, sometimes. I think of that backfield. I think of Amon Green. I think of Najee Davenport, Tony Fisher. And I remember, you know, growing up playing Madden. And for some reason, Davenport had the biggest fucking gut on him in that game. And I have no idea why they did him so dirty. Like, I know he was a big dude, but they did him dirty. Like, they made him fucking huge. <laughs> like, for no reason. But, you know, he was, he was just a, he was just a big, big, powerful runner. You know, could have played fullback probably, but, you know, that's really my reason for it. He was a kickoff returner for a minute too. That was, he was. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. If nothing else, he probably could return kicks for the Packers now and be better than any of the chuds they threw back. With all due respect to the great Jamal Williams, probably better than anybody they threw back there this season. It's like 2004, 2005, I think. Yep. One of those couple years. Yeah. So rough go. There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed those segments all season long with us. Our heavy hitter segment, of course, MFK going through that. All year has been fun. Guys, the last question I want to ask, let's end this on a positive note. When you sit back and think about this season, let's remove the negative because uh, obviously I think all of us are going to remember that it was a team that was good enough to do it and just didn't. But what are you going to remember the most about this 2020 season? Zach, I'll start with you. I mean, the whole team just seemed like they were having fun. You know, through... <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to steal your name. It's Okay. <laughs> You know, they seem like they all just genuinely enjoyed playing, being out there. I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to enjoy, you know, getting out there, getting played, getting paid millions of dollars to play a, a game. But at the same time, you know, win or lose, they were out there, they were winning, they were doing great things on the field. And, you know, another thing for me, too, is Aaron Rodgers. You know, he just took on this whole different perception, like on life and everything in person, like me as a person, it's it's taught me a lot it's shown me a lot you know it's made me more appreciative and just grateful for our, you know every, everything i have and the people i know just life you know it's giving me like a whole different perspective on everything just just seeing that seeing the way he's approached just his 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 daily life his job and stuff you know and it's I'm trying. I'm trying to implement implement that same type of like mentality, you know, into everything I do, and it's just, you know, he 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 taught me a lot, and he could he probably taught a lot of people a lot too, you know. He was he was a foundation really for a lot of people, probably without even knowing it. 
Yeah, that he was. And I think that, you know, that's at least part of, it's not the biggest reason his play, obviously is the biggest reason, but oh, yeah. that'll be named the MVP here in a couple of weeks. Um, me, you know, I think too, I've always had a lot of respect for what these guys put themselves through. That's why I have a ton of respect for NFL players. Cause I've, you know, you kind of see it firsthand and you obviously get some details from players and everything of just what it takes to get ready to play on Sunday afternoon, starting as early as now to play week one and everything these guys put themselves through and to be willing to do that and everything they had to do this season during a COVID season and where everything was under a microscope and just completely put together that way. And just these guys, they literally kill their bodies for our entertainment on a weekly basis. They put themselves at risk on the field and now even put themselves at risk off the field all the time just to play a season and entertain us and give us that escape from what is and has been daily life. And honestly, that's been one of the toughest adjustments through these first three days is that you know, my life revolves around football. My, my life revolves around the Green Bay Packers. And for the last three days, basically trying to avoid anything related to sports, just because I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it because of the pain it induces, but watching them do that and thinking, Obviously they do it for themselves. They do it for their livelihoods. I understand all that, but to think that they did that for us to some degree was a cool feeling watching the reaction, you know, last week when they played the Rams and seeing the fans in the stands and just how like excited the players were to have fans back in the stands and how happy they seemed for everything like that. And then obviously it was a great team. It was a fun team to watch. You know, the offense was clicking on all cylinders all season long, even with some of the, perceived deficiencies that they had. The defense eventually was fun to watch uh, by the end of the season, even though the season didn't end the way that maybe it should have on that side of the ball, even the offensive side of the ball, either side of the ball. You know, I don't think any of them would say they played their best game throughout the course of that season, but the willingness that these guys had to do what was necessary, if you will, to put a product on the field in a year where, I mean, guys go back and listen to sports radio during April, May, June, even early parts of July where they're like, oh no, there's no way the NFL is going to play their season, let alone finish it. And to hear that, and really this network, you know, we heard the same shit and this network almost didn't get off the ground because we were told the season wasn't going to finish and the courage of the convictions and everything that you guys and the rest of us had to say, Nope, we're giving this a shot until we're told otherwise. This has been so much fun. And I think, you know, a big part of it has been what we've put together. You know, you look at our shows, happy hour, freezer, open book, Lombardi's bar, pulse of the pack, IOC, quick slants, everything we've done, our game day coverage, all that stuff has been so much fun all season long. And the willingness to do that, and do something brand new is something that the Jamal Williams show, I didn't even mention that. And the ability that we've had to put all this together has been so much fun all season long. Uh, and it's unfortunate that we're ending early. I, you know, like I said to you guys in our little Slack group after the season is, you know, one day we'll get to cover a Super Bowl championship. And I look forward to when that day happens because all the hard work that 
you know, everybody and including the two that I'm sitting on the show with have put together and put in to make this successful. And I know we're not going away because you guys will all be doing stuff this off season, but I'll let you guys get to that on your own here in just a little bit. The willingness to do that is special because when we started talking about this in March, it was just a dream really. And now it's a reality and it's something that we're going to put together and we're going to make it a big deal. And we have that commitment to you. And I speak for the other two, you know, in, on this podcast, when I say this, cause I know that they'll agree with me when I say this, but we have this commitment to make this a yearly thing to where we want to be the place that you guys go to for your Packers news and analysis. And I think we certainly have some really good opportunities to do that. So um, Aaron, I, I noticed you rolled your eyes at me a couple times because I think I stole pretty much everything you were going to say, but go ahead and reiterate if you'd like. Yeah. Thank you for saying about six different things. So you could take every option that I had. Of course, Zach took my first one. I was going to talk about the camaraderie um, and about how just amazing it was. And, and specifically, I wanted to bring up an example of MVS had a killer game on, on Sunday. Like that was one of the few bright spots of that game. He was probably like, looked like one of the best players on the field. And the fact that that team did not give up on him, did not listen to any of the outside noise. When a reporter literally said to Matt LaFleur, how do you live with MVS? And they were like, whatever, we don't give a shit. We don't listen to the outside noise. And I think that that was something so special that they were like, we have faith in him. Like you guys can all go suck a dick. I don't care. And that was just really cool to see. Cause it feels like that. And even what, even if they've had that energy before, it was just, magnified I don't know it just felt like times a thousand this season and that's what makes part of the game so devastating was that it just felt like it was meant to be our year um based on kind of that and then I was going to talk about the sacrifices players made (laughs) because of COVID um because some people you know stayed away from family stayed away from friends um because they were committed to you know the game and then I was going to say, um, after you took that one, I was going to say uh, Game on Wisconsin in general, <laughs> making the season more fun. So in conclusion, the both of you can suck it for taking my ideas. So there you have it. Just like every single episode of this show, Aaron Alice dropping dimes and now suck it signs. So thank you, Aaron, for doing that. That's the end of our show. And that is the end of our season this show will be back, but it will be a while before we are back. Unfortunately, we will be back around uh, when the season starts. The date is to be determined, but I'm your host. I'm Jacob Westendorf. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. I'll be around during the off season. I'm doing a draft centric show with Jacob Morley. You can follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Uh, we'll be doing stuff every week, starting Wednesday, February 10th breaking down the draft class at certain positions and who the Packers may very well draft. We're starting at quarterback. So I fully expect that to be the 29th overall pick just to watch the world burn. And I cannot wait for that to happen. And I look forward to, to that. So it's been fun all season working with you guys. uh, And I look forward to when we can reconvene and talk about another game next season, Zachariah, your only fans page and everything else. Well, my only fans page is the same as my Twitter handle. Uh, at it's Zachariah J. Find me at Pack Report, and uh, I'm on, I'm currently going to be on a well. Eli and I will both be on a two week hiatus. We'll return to open book on February 7th to do our normal routine every single Wednesday through the entire off season. So you will not be able to get rid of us that easy. 
thank you everybody for listening to Jacob, Aaron, and myself. Uh, you know, for for really this entire season, listen to us spew this this garbage, talk about the game every single week. Really, we're we're I speak for all all three of us when I say we're grateful for that. And when you're not looking up Zach's foot fetish, you can find Aaron Alice at um uh heroin h-e-r-o-i-n-e um on uh, two o's, twitter there? there's two o's that's what i said h-e-r-o-o-i-n-e yes two o's um you can also find me uh at game on wisconsin i do the social media and i've also got a couple of a couple of things in the works for game on wisconsin so i'm not going anywhere so sorry you're gonna you might have to listen to me some more so yeah Stay tuned. Oh, look at that. Zach's got the shades on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not a video show, so you guys can't see that. But uh, yeah, I am so excited for what Aaron has cooked up. And obviously, Zach and Eli, I'm happy those guys are sticking around to do that. That's That show's improved every week, uh, which is incredible considering Zach is on it. But uh, that's it, guys. We're signing off for the off season. So we will be back next year to break down the Jordan love led green Bay Packers. Cause Aaron Rodgers is obviously getting traded in the meantime. Uh, like Aaron said, find all of our work at game on WI on Twitter, uh, game on Wisconsin, game on WI.com, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and everything like that. Um, until next time guys, we'll see you. And then yeah, this blows. So I don't really have a way to make you feel better, but thanks for listening all season and we'll see you guys next year.